Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. And today we're doing another best of, and it is all about content and growth. Now, there were three episodes this year that really dove into this, and I'm super excited for you to hear about them. So the first one comes from the amazing blogger, Hunter Primo, back from February. She talks about how she went from $0 to $30,000 in less than a year. Then we head on over to how to turn brownies into blogging into $40,000 courses with the amazing Broma Bakery from May. Love their strategies and how they were able to make this work. And then we talk to the incredible Kathy Heller on how to pivot your passions and grow a business that you're super proud of. Now, this episode aired originally back in March and was one of our most popular this year. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. So with that, what would be... Because I I think a a lot of times what stops people from just, you know, putting themselves out there, trying something, testing something like you did was just that fear. They're afraid they're going to be, um, they're afraid they're going to mess up. They're afraid they're not going to do it right. Um, They're afraid of what people are going to say or think about what they post. Um, How did you overcome that? Because I'm sure it was still scary for you too, because you didn't know what you were doing. You didn't (laughs) know what kind of fashion to post. You didn't know, you know, it's like, you didn't know if people were going to like it or not. So how did you kind of still have the courage to do it, even though you were scared? So a lot of people ask like how I knew I was ready to go full time. And it wasn't that I just like all of a sudden was making all this money. Like I think for the first year, everything I did was gifted with local boutiques. um, Just when I had the time, And, um, I was taking like consulting jobs for, you know, people that wanted to start their business Instagrams, but had no idea how to do that. Um, and then I just really used my resources for, and I had a full-time job when I very first started this. And then about, I think six months into that, I realized that that just was not feasible. And I was getting these blog opportunities that I was turning down the things that I really wanted to do. So I kind of quit a full-time job that had a lot of potential and was like, now what? Cause I'm not really making money blogging. I knew there was potential, but really didn't know much about it. And, um, started taking those consulting jobs, Cameron's as a photographer. So that's one expense I wasn't paying for. Um, so I think the biggest thing is I just used my resources, like started taking over social media for my mom's businesses and just took those jobs that were in the field that I wanted to be in, but not necessarily like my dream job by any means. And um, Cameron being able to take the images was huge because that's a huge expense. So the one advice that I would give people is just like use your resources and do what you have to in the meantime. And don't worry so much about like going full time. It's not some like badge of honor. You should just do what you can, do what's best for your family and for you um, until you can get there. I think that's great feedback. And and something that I want to note too, because I know that there may be some of you listening that's like, well, easy for her to be successful. Her husband's a photographer. <laughs> I, so it's like, I thought that. don't like let that excuse creep in because how does that get you closer to where you want to go? It doesn't at all. It actually keeps you small and keeps you 
just continuing to make excuses why, why you can't succeed at what you want to succeed at. The other thing that you can do is like what Hunter is saying, like find the things that you're good at that may be in the field of what you want to learn more about. And you can start even doing trades. Like if you find a photographer who needs social media help, you could be like, Hey, I'll do this for you, or I'll design this for you, or I can set up things for you. And then in return, you can shoot me for my blog. You know, there's so many ways of, again, figuring it out if you really want to do it. And yes, it's going to take time. So you're going to have to find time in the day or night, you know, and we're all strapped for time. Like we, we've all got the husbands and the wives and the kids and the dogs and the cats and the full-time jobs. And like, no one is different in that, right? We all exactly. have, you know, we all have family that may be going through a hard time right now. We may have had just a death in the family. We may have had, you know, a husband that lost his job. It's like, we all have these things happening all the time. Life doesn't slow down because you want to pursue your dreams. So exactly. you have to figure out how to go in the flow of that. And also just know that there's going to be certain seasons that you can't do all of it at the same time. You can do all of it, but maybe not all at the same time. Like Hunter was mm-hmm. saying, like she couldn't go full-time maybe when you wanted to, but you figured out a way to still participate and learn what you wanted to learn. So eventually you could do that when the time and go is to right. business, go to events and network and things like that, that were like prepping me for being in this world, but I wasn't really fully in that world yet. And whatever, like your resources may be, I don't just mean like within the blogging world, like say, I know a friend who, um, started their blog based on like accounting. Cause they're really good at accounting and they still she does fashion now, but she'll still like incorporate during tax season, like her accounting resources. So like whatever people want from you and are asking of you, um, and that may at this time, just be your friends and family. And like, don't let that discourage you. Just use whatever it is that makes you unique and sets you apart because otherwise, why would people want to follow a same, a million of the same people who are posting the same clothing brands and posting a house that looks exactly the same. So just really like focusing on what makes you who you are, I think is the best like way to set yourself up in the long run. Mm -hmm. And even having the clarity, because like for Hunter, you, you were forward thinking enough to, to think in that way to, you know, you had the clarity in mind of like, you know, what do I need to learn? Um, You know, what do I need to start putting together to shoot? Um, What kind of things do I need to test out to figure out like what my aesthetic is and what, you know, I want my feed to look at, look like, what do I like to write about on my blog? What Mm -hmm. feels right? Um, You know, where are Cameron's strengths and then where are Cameron's challenges? And then how are we going to balance that out with each other? If he's going to be kind of my, my partner in this, right? So it's really about thinking and, and for all of those listening, it's kind of like this stretch. It's like these these three questions, if you will, you have to ask yourself if you're just starting out. It's this idea of like, this is the future of where you want to go. So you have to be really clear on, on knowing like, where is it that I'm wanting to go? And then where is it that I am today? And then what is stopping me from getting to where I want to go? Exactly. And really, really having that clarity. And I think Hunter, you, you had the forethought and having that clarity, you knew where you wanted to go. And, and as you kept testing different things, you kept learning where you wanted to go too, right? Mm-hmm. And you knew where you were. And then you, you were clever enough and smart enough and scrappy enough to, to figure out pretty early on what was stopping you. 
And so you didn't wait for the perfect follower number or for the perfect feed or for the perfect whatever to learn the things that you needed to know, to invest time in the things that you needed to invest in, to invest in the programs that you needed to invest in, to get you there faster. And that's why- And that doesn't just stop. Like even last year, like I hadn't shared a ton of home or lifestyle content. And I knew I want, we were moving and thinking about starting a family. And like, I had to start incorporating more of that, even if it was just in like everyday stories. Cause I knew I couldn't just move into a new house. And then one day just totally change my, you know, ev- all the content I'm sharing. So it's not like that. You just make that decision one time. Like it's constantly evolving as you evolve and your life evolves. And that's the beauty of this industry is you can evolve and it can be what you want, but you do have to kind of like think forward and set yourself up for where you want to go. Right. And that idea of like, well, I don't want to do it wrong or I don't want to mess up. It's like, you're going to mess up. You're going (laughs) to do it wrong. Like we all do it wrong every single day. You, we don't do anything perfect in life. No one's the perfect wife or the perfect mom or the perfect student or the perfect, you know, businesswoman or whatever those things are. So you are going to do it wrong, but you have to, you know, for me in order, like from my experience and then, and then watching women like you, Hunter, grow the way that you, that you've grown is because whether you realized it or not, like you made decisions as the future person that you want it to be. And it's kind of like for those listening to create the future that you want, you must make decisions as that future person. If you keep making decisions as the person you are today, you're going to keep getting what you're getting today. And that's not a permission slip for blind faith, right? Like that's like, you still have to be a responsible human being. You can't be like, well, I want to be a millionaire in the future. So I'm just gonna, you know, (laughs) buy a brand new car. And, you know, it's like, you have to be responsible and be accountable for your decisions and choices, but to really create the future that you want, you have to start making different kinds of decisions as that future person. And when you start doing that, not only will you truly transform your life, but you're going to be a hell of a lot happier because you're really going to start enjoying the things that you're doing and you're going to have exactly. more confidence and more joy in what you do. And Cameron and I were just talking about like our whole, fr- we're both freelance, which seems like this awesome glamorous thing where you can just do whatever you want all day, every day. But in reality, it takes so much self-discipline and figuring out a rhythm. I mean, we're both home all day, every day, unless we're you know out for an event or things like that. And takes like setting boundaries like you would with any job and like our whole first year like we had no idea what we were doing and we're I mean he's just out there taking what jobs he can I'm out here trying to figure out what it even means to be an influencer like how I can make this a career path so it really does just take going for it and figuring it out so since you've been at this for a while now and you've tested a lot of different things and you've tried a lot of different things what are some of the things that you that you really have noticed is kind of like your niche, right? Because a lot of people have that problem of like, they don't know where to focus down. They don't know which direction to go. So how was that journey for you of figuring out like, I don't like cooking, but I do like talking about fashion. Um, (laughs) And how long did that take for you to figure it out? Because I think there's also this belief for a lot of, of, of new people wanting to get into this space that you know, it's, it should happen overnight or like if, if it happens, if it takes a month to figure out, well, then they, they give up or something like that. Yeah. And I would say I'm still figuring that out and it's always changing. Like it's, we're in such a different season of life than I was when I first started. When I first started, I was planning a wedding and that's 
all people cared to hear about. And so I periodically just ask my audience what they want to see. And, um, to a certain extent, because not everything that they want to see is going to feel good for me, but I always like kind of take an inventory of how I feel after I share a post or after I get feedback from my audience. And for me, like, I love the everyday fashion, especially when like Cameron and I plan a really cool shoot and, you know, have all these looks styled, like that feels good for me. But like the most impactful and the most like rewarding for me is when I share something personal, like we went through a miscarriage earlier last year and I would have had no idea how common that was for a first pregnancy had I not shared it. So just finding those things that feel good when you share them and feel meaningful and feel like they give you purpose, because it's really easy in this world to not feel like you have a lot of purpose and that all people care about is your fashion or whatever that may be. So just kind of like taking a step back every time you post something and seeing how it makes you feel. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. And I would love to know, I mean, whatever gave you the idea to kind of fuse all these things together? Because a big question that I hear a lot from my community is that um, that struggle and that challenge with niching down, right? Mm-hmm. And I could so easily hear someone in my head be like, well, do I go all in on this photography thing or do I go all in on this food thing? And you were able to fuse it together. So what is your take on that? So such a good question. And there's so many, there's so many ways you can, you know, think about this. For one, I think this idea of niching is just one of the most powerful things you can do as a business person. Um, I really learned this the hard way where last year I was starting to get really sick of posting food all the time. So I decided that I'd start branching out and doing more lifestyle stuff. And I even, I pulled my audience. Everybody seemed really interested in it. They said, we want to know, you know, your fashion tips and how you do your hair and what you're buying for your house. So I was like, oh my God, this is so great. Let's just like do it all. And very, very quickly, I started seeing my engagement tank. I was getting fewer likes, um, in, on all of my lifestyle posts, sometimes only a third of the amount of likes as my food photos. Um, I went from like 2000 followers a week to sometimes just 450 followers a week. And I really saw that as I opened up that sort of niche and expanded, it really confused my audience. And I think that 
for me, it was just such a huge wake up call about how important it is to have a very, very pointed, um, strong and, and pretty narrow niche in terms of what you do. So I think your goal should always be to do something very, very specific. I mean, ultimately you want to be able to not only describe your brand in one sentence, but or what you do in one sentence, but also have people be able to recognize like the best compliment that I can receive is when somebody says, Oh my God, I saw this photo. And I immediately knew it was a promo photo. Like that's what you should be striving for. But at the same time, I think that you have to offset that with this idea of diversification, especially when you're a young business person starting out and you're not quite sure what you want to do. It's really important to try out a bunch of different things. And I think that, um, you know, regardless of what your industry is, making sure that you really try a variety of different like money-making opportunities, different like branding strategies, different ways to connect with your audience is really important. Um, but then I think the, the way that you sort of bridge those two is as soon as you start to see that, um, your audience is really clinging to one thing. And as soon as you start to see that something is going faster or better or whatever it is relative to everything else, that's when you need to start going all in on that one thing. And so explain a little bit more. So it was, I guess, was it businesses, companies, brands that were like, we want to see more of this. And so you, you gave them that. And then that's when the engagement started taking, was it kind of like more of these outside? Yeah. But like these people that we would typically think they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a huge proponent of this, and I don't fault them for this at all was my management company. Um, you know, when, when we had talks about this, we were thinking of it in the sense of, Oh my God, this will lead to more opportunities and this will lead to growing, um, even more. Um, but I don't think that we were thinking about just the, the importance of, really filling a very specific need, um, for your audience. I mean, I think that ultimately if I wanted to go and be a lifestyle blogger, I could do it. I just need to separate that from everything that's, you know, food related, because I think the strongest thing you can do is just listen to your audience. Like as an online business and as an influencer, your audience is your lifeline and like, they are the most important people to listen to. So yeah. How do you listen to your audience or how did you figure out the best way to listen to your audience? Cause that's a big one too, that people will either say, well, I don't have an audience yet, or I thought I'd been listening to listening to them and I'm creating this content, but no one's engaging. So how did you navigate that for your business? Yeah. Um, I, I think that I'm pretty analytical and just looking at straight numbers is something that I've always really leaned into, whether that's looking at, you know, our top performing blog posts of the week of the month of the year, um, going into Instagram analytics and seeing not only, okay, so my top performing post was, I don't know, brownies, but looking at your top nine performing posts for the last 30, 60, 90 days, and really trying to tie together, like what's, what's the string that's holding all of these things together. Um, I, I think it can be really hard as a solo 
um, entrepreneur to separate what's best for your business and what's best for yourself. And I think a lot of times when people have this confusion of like, oh, I, I thought I was putting out what they wanted. Oftentimes we're, we're more thinking about like what we think they want rather than like truly, truly listening to the facts, looking at the numbers and basically reproducing over and over again, the things that are working well and that your audience is engaging with. So I mean, my biggest piece of advice in terms of that is like, see how many comments your, or like, see what post in the last 20 posts you posted had the most comments and then figure out why those comments are there. Was it something that you um, posted that basically was a question to your audience? If so, then do more questions. Was it something that was really heartfelt and people really connected with that? Well, then do more heartfelt things. You know, was it something that was funny and people just tagged their friends because they thought it was funny? Then do more of that. Mm, I love that. That's a great, um, just very simple yet effective way of looking at it. Um, what kind of came first for you? Like, I know that Broma Bakery, obviously, in your blog and building that out and building your name and all of that. Um, but then came, you know, photography school, which I want to talk about in a minute, but I know that you've also done some really amazing, I mean, you've spoken at conferences and you've spoken at Harvard business school and you've done a lot of speaking stuff. Did all of that have to come first before you could create this program or did the program come first and then lead to those things? Because I think that's that's something that people, they feel like you have to be this expert and you have to do all of this stuff before you can actually create a product or service. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the program absolutely came first for me. And I, I feel like I, I was lucky that the first iteration of photography school that we created was a huge success. Um, but I, it's by no means was I like, fully on top of the systems that we were using and how we were connecting with our audience and, you know, really leaning into like our email, um, structure and all of that. I, I, I feel like there's very much a sense, no matter what industry you're in, that like people who end up producing a product or a service or whatever, that they got it right and they knew exactly what they were doing the first time. Like, absolutely not. Like every entrepreneur that I know is like, oh my God, I remember when we first started, like that was so janky or (laughs) that was like, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants. Um, I really think it's much more about like, do you feel confident about the actual thing that you're putting out into the world? Well, if you do, then everything else is going to follow. You don't need to know exactly how to work your payment systems and like perfectly set up a sales funnel. Like if the product itself stands alone, then like that is the thing that is going to drive you forward. And I think that ultimately that's why photography school has had so much success because the most important thing to us, and this is really true throughout in both of my businesses, is like that the content itself stands alone. Mm-hmm. In photography school, we always talk about this idea that content is king. And 
it basically just means that like, if what you're producing is not at the highest level that you possibly can, then nothing else is going to like follow suit in the most, I don't know, best way. That's, that's not a very good way to say it, but, but basically like producing high quality content is the most important thing you can do as an entrepreneur in general. How did you get the confidence or the clarity or the courage? I should say, I think it's, it's confidence and courage more than anything to actually invest in, you know, financially invest in learning what you needed to learn to actually create an online course that was profitable? I think that one thing that I, one of my strengths is I would say I'm pretty fearless. Um, I don't really get bothered by, um, or I, I don't really see like something like the idea of investing in myself as something scary. So I, I want to back away from it. If anything, I get competitive and I want to move, move towards it more. Um, but I do think that oftentimes we can really get stuck in this sort of rut with our thoughts, right? Where we're like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I forget exactly what the quote is, but there's this one quote that's basically like, when whenever you're anxiously just thinking over something and mulling it over in your head and it's bothering you, the only person that that's affecting is you. And I think getting over that idea that like, okay, you could go through all these what ifs and sort of like agonize over if you're going to fail, if it's going to work out and then try to go through with it. Or you can just go through that at the beginning. <laughs> and if it, if it fails, it fails, but you sort of like just sitting and, and really worrying about that thing, it's not going to change anything. Right. And you're there, you're always going to have to invest something. Like if you choose not to hire a coach or, um, take, take a program that teaches you how to create online courses. Cause there's some really good ones out there that do that. And there's some great coaches yeah. that can coach you through that. Um, it's one of the things that I do with people in my, in my coaching membership, because so many people want to create online courses. If, if you oh, don't do you mean wanna... shine? <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, shine, yes. um, you know, if you don't want to invest in an actual person walking you through it or an actual program walking you through it, you're going to have to walk through that. And there's going to, and, and then, and then at that point, you're basically raising your hand and saying, since I'm not committing to financially invest, I'm going to commit to investing so much time and so much sweat equity and trying Mm -hmm. to figure this out myself until I get to a point that I feel confident both emotionally, mentally, financially, et cetera, to then invest in something. Because at the end of the day, what you appreciate appreciates. No matter what you're doing, you're going to have to invest not only time and energy and resources, but money into something if you want it to be a business and not a hobby. That's, I mean, that's, Absolutely. that's what a business is. A business just doesn't make money. You have to invest money in a business in order for it to make money. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think back to when I first started blogging and really my biggest regret was that I didn't invest when I first started out because I was really scared of spending money. I mean, and, and financial pressures were real. It's, I, I don't 
you know, I'm not upset with myself about that, but I do really feel like, oh my gosh, how much faster could I have grown if I had invested? And I see now with my businesses, every single time I've invested, especially in my employees, whether that's giving them more tasks or having them come on from part-time to full-time, um, that, that returns financially, like, you know, within a few months. And it's scary to go from, you know, spending, you know, I don't know, like $2,000 a month on your business to six or 7,000. But I think as long as you're really, really thinking critically and analytically about what you need for your business to get to the next step and you make the right choices, then like you are going to see that investment come back to you. Agreed. 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 What gave you the courage to innovate in a, in an, in an industry that is so archaic in a lot of ways, right? So for example, my husband, who's an actor, who's been an actor for 30 years, also thinks in, in, in this way of the, the traditional landscape of music, film, TV, and publishing they are such massive ships to try to turn around and they have such traditional old school archaic ways that it's really hard for people that have been doing it for a long time to even think to innovate. And I was just having this conversation with my husband yesterday that he's like, well, you know, I can't start coaching because I'm not an acting coach. I'm an actor and I can, you know, and it's, and it was interesting how, you know, we were just kind of diving through things because that's what we do as partners and, and just thinking of ways, because I'm always in that innovation way in this new online space. What gave you the courage to even think in that way and to start to look at it that way to say, it doesn't have to be be this certain way. It doesn't have to fit in this certain box. I can, I can still show up and do this and share my expertise and my zone of genius in this, but I can kind of pivot a little bit. And yeah. I, I think that, that the, not only the ability to think to pivot, but to have the courage to actually do it is the hardest thing for so many people. How so were you true. able to do that? I mean, it's such a good question, especially right now in this moment when everyone is going to have to start thinking in that way. Yep. And so uh, two things. One, I have often felt that the opposite of depression is not happiness, it's purpose. And for me, when you hit a place where you stop lying to yourself and you're like, I don't feel great. I don't feel like myself. They say the number one regret of the dying is that people don't feel like they live their life on their terms. And I had this moment where I was, I was putting on mascaras, looking at myself in a suit. I didn't recognize myself. And I'm like, I don't know who I am. I, I don't, everything about my life doesn't make sense right now. So I came to this moment of like, I have to stop what I'm doing because it's not worth it right now. I, I don't feel good. Something feels off. Um, I was even dating somebody who I was like, I would not date you if I was myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I stopped what I was doing. And, um, and that was, so I think that there comes a point where you decide you have to change because you can't continue to do what you're doing. Cause the pain of continuing to do what you do just feels, it feels suffocating, you know? Yeah. So it's that far was number greater one than the courage, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And number one, and then number two is like, you're absolutely right. When it got that way, 
I asked myself, why is this the way we do what we do? Just because everyone else says that this is what you do. You go work at a desk job. But I was having panic attacks. Mm -hmm. So I started asking that question, why do I accept that this is the paradigm? Is there no other paradigm? And I do believe that Rumi quote, what you seek is seeking you. I do really believe that. If you have the courage to start to ask new questions and look for new possibilities, you'll find it. You'll find the next one. So I started to ask that exact question that you are posing, which is, is there another way? And I'm answering your question by saying it was the pain of saying, I can't do this anymore. And then saying, but wait a minute, wait just a second. Is there any other way? And this is why I do my podcast, because I want to show people every week, twice a week, new possibilities. What I think leaders do, what I think you do, what I think my friends do is we're constantly giving people new glasses and going, you see, that's a path you may never have thought you could do. You see, this is a model. And that's exactly what you're saying is exactly why I did my show. Because on the cover of my book is there's ballet slippers and paintbrushes and guitars. And there's, there's a, there's a, a camera and there's so many people who think it's either Beyonce or bust. It's either I have to be uh, Rachel Ray or there's no, there's no other way for me. No, listen to me. I started asking this question. Is there an other paradigm between you got lucky or you made it or your last name's Kardashian or whatever that thing is, that's all or nothing. I'm going to end up just like being miserable, working and building someone else's dream. Is there anything in between? And what I'm here to tell you is there's a whole world in between. Like put it this way. If you... I, Seth Godin has become sort of like my personal like mentor. I had him on the show a couple of times and we, we've gotten to know each other really well. And he, last time he was on, he said, Kath, if you round it up to the nearest millionth, most people don't know who the heck I am. And I have a really big, in fact, some of you listening are probably like, I don't know who that is. Like Google him. He's actually a pretty awesome person to follow. Right. Right. But he's like, most people don't know who I am. That's a great example. Right. Right. There's what I'm saying is, there is so much room. And now that I do what I do, I see that you could have a micro community. You could be an influencer with 2,600 people making multi six, fig six figures. You could be teaching knitting. You could be teaching hula hooping. You could be open a pottery night. You could be curating things. You could make a living just from talking about the thing. Like, let's say you're not the person making the sourdough bread or teaching people how to make sourdough bread. You could have a whole podcast and blog just talking about making sourdough bread, and that could make you a living. There is so much here between all. Or nothing. And, and that's why I think right now in this time, we just have to start asking those questions. And when you say like, how did you have the courage to move forward? When you see what's possible, how can you not move forward? So I think the thing for everyone listening and what I try to encourage my listeners to do is say, if you have something you love, you love making jewelry, you love hand lettering, you love poetry, any of those things, can you start to ask the question, who online can I find as a model, a person who has a business already, who's doing something with that, who gets to spend their whole life, like Mandy Moore, not the Mandy Moore, the actress, but Mandy Moore from So You Think You Can Dance. I had her on my show and she said, Kath, I came out to LA with a big dream. And all I got met with was big rejection because she's like a size 14 and people literally tore her apart. And she's an amazing dancer. She choreographed La La Land. She produces So You Think You Dance and Dancing with the Stars. Anyone who watches those shows knows exactly who she is. And her life came close to ending, literally, because of the amount of rejection. Until one day, after trying to be a dancer, 
and knowing there was no reason she wasn't getting picked other than the way that she looked because she was the best dancer. One day she started to teach and she came alive and she found a way and she became a choreographer. Now she is a choreographer to the max, right? She's one of those, as famous as you could be in that. But my point is she saw maybe there's maybe when we try to kick down one door as hard as we can and it's not opening, maybe God has another door for us. Mm -hmm. That is our work. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be Lady Gaga and I got dropped, but maybe finding my way to this podcast, finding my way to write music for all those things, finding my way allowed me to be a mom of three, allowed me to have this platform right now. And who cares if I'm not somebody else? I'm, I found a whole new life. I'm able to make multi-seven figures. My husband doesn't work. We're home. We're hanging out with my kids. And I don't know that I would want it any other way. I don't know that I'd want to s- sacrifice my whole life to become like a brand, like Mickey Mouse. Like, what do you think Lizzo does all day long? She's on display. Like, she's got to be, she's she's a character in a whole conglomerate of of, of things. She is a brand. So... I think there's tons of possibility here, and I'd love to continue to help people find what that looks like. And what, like, the the word that comes up for me when you're saying all of this is just acceptance, that you had the courage to accept that you were not going to be the next Lady Gaga. Yeah. You had the courage to accept that, that, that those childhood dreams of you winning a Grammy were not going to happen in the in that way. Nope. They you weren't. had the courage to accept. Mandy Moore had the courage to accept that she was never going to be you know, the prima ballerina, right. The prima ballerina. So I think that, 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 that is the hugest part. That's the difference between people really stepping into their brilliance and finding their purpose and finding their path and living it versus the people that sit around and they're like, why isn't this working? Because you are resisting the acceptance piece because something inside of you is saying, if it doesn't happen this way, if I don't, win the Oscar. If I don't get this kind of external validation from this person, place, or thing, I'm not worthy. Yeah. And and that's, that's the hugest part is that acceptance piece. And I think that once you're able to accept that it may not look, feel, and smell and taste and sound like the way in which you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I mean, it's like that whole idea of, you know, God laughs when we make plans. We're in a, we're in a global situation right now, very unique situation right now as a global community that we never intend. I mean, two weeks ago, if you would have told me this was going to, you know, it's like, same, I would have been like, no way, but we can choose to accept it or we can choose to not to fight. And I think that that's, you know, that's, that's where, you know, that's where entrepreneurship comes from oh and creativity God. comes from such and a moment our, right now we are being called upon right yes. now one thing that I, I i i appreciate about what you what you're saying so much is that i think we get stuck on this existential um this is my purpose in life mm-hmm. this is my one identity it has to look this has way to look has this to be way. this way exactly and i think the real question is how can i be of use right mm-hmm. what skills what strengths what talents do i have And how can I start raising my hand and being available to use those skills and talents? Mm -hmm. And hmm, I wonder where that might lead. Like Mm -hmm. when I started, so I I did music licensing for a decade, making about three, four hundred thousand dollars a year, which I thought was the cat's pajamas. I didn't see anything more than that at the time, and I really loved it and it was great. And then people started knocking on my door. Can you teach me how to do that? Can you? And I was like, no, I don't do that. I don't, no, I don't do that. And then finally, it was so many artists that I started teaching a few of them. They'd come over for like 
a Sunday afternoon, like 10 people in my living room. Then we would do it again. And I realized that there was a need. And somebody said, can you put it online? I live in Boston. I graduated from Berkeley School of Music, but no one taught me what you're doing. Can you do it online? I'm like, no, I don't know what an opt-in is. I don't know what a webinar is. Anyway, I started doing it. Resistance, 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 excuse, excuse, excuse. A hundred percent. And finally, I was like, well, what if I just leaned into it and did it messy? And I showed up on my first webinar, straight to camera, no slides, my pregnant belly. I was pregnant with my third daughter. It was hot, middle of the summer. And I'm like, hey, this is my journey. This is what I know. Here's my offer. And at the end of the call, I made $147,000. I had no Instagram. I had nothing. Zero. I had just started. No podcast. No, this is four years ago. I was like, I just made $147,000. Oh my gosh. Now let me see if I can actually show up for these people and get them results. And many of the people in the class started to get, the first one was a guy who got a $55,000 Starbucks ad. His song was in a Starbucks ad. He was crying his eyes out. He's like, I've never made that much money ever, let alone for my song, which I would have done that for free. I had such fun. It was like Disneyland that day in the studio. Then one by one, we started seeing result, 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 result. And I'm like, I'm so glad I'm able to help these artists. Mm -hmm. Then the next time I launched the class, I made $445,000. The next time I launched the class, I made $1.2 million. All along, people are saying to me, like a couple of my family, you think that's really your purpose in life to teach people how to license their music? I'm like, if I thought that question and just sat with that question, I don't know. I don't know. But is it abuse? Is it abuse? Am I empowered? Yeah. And then you know what happened? You keep following it. And one of the women in my class, Amy Loftus, she said, you should start a podcast. 85% of what you teach is not specific to music. It's about being resourceful. It's about how to open the door in a relationship. How do you cold call these people in a way that makes them feel seen? How do you ask them what they need? How did you get scrappy and, and get the, the right collaborators to create what you want? You could, anybody could learn from this. You should go and teach this on a podcast. And I started a podcast and I was like, let's just follow that little whisper boom. Have I done any paid marketing for the pot? I don't even know how to do that yet. Like still, what would that mean? Take out a billboard in Times Square? It's word of mouth. And where did that lead me to? Everywhere. I got a book deal. Second episode, I get a call from my publisher at Macmillan. This should be a book. And I'm like, really? That's insane. Like, do you know how many things I had tried that didn't work? Mm -hmm. So I think we have to ask the question, not what's my one and only existential purpose and what does it look like? It's every day. How can I be of use today? And where might that lead me? And maybe God has a different plan. When Jenna Fisher was on my show, Jenna Fisher from The Office, she's so cute. She was saying that she really appreciates her husband because they both came out to LA to be actors. And for her, it, it worked. And even though it took a few years till she got the office, she got a lot of validation very early on. So she would have like a few weeks with nothing, but then she'd get like a callback for like a huge part. And then she'd get a pilot and the pilot wouldn't go, but it was an almost. And she, and then she got the office. Okay. Her husband was a different story. He comes out here. He's like ready to go. I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. And it wasn't happening. There was just not a lot of validation that there was a big yes. And he just kept saying, well, I'm just going to stick it out. That's what they say. And finally, a friend of his said, you're an amazing writer. You should write. You should direct. He did it. He said, you know what? I'm going to do that. And it took off. It was like he had just finally struck gold. And she said, I'm so proud of him because he decided it's not about how I thought it was going to look. It's about what's working and where I'm being led. And he built a huge career around it. Yep. And I love that story because it reminds me of of the other end of this that the ones that seem to get the validation early on, whenever that takes a turn or a pause or a, you know, you have the, the waves that come in and out, 
it's a lot harder for them to be able to accept and pivot because they get used to that. Well, it's worked in this way. So why can't it? It's wor- it, 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 it's got to fit in here. It's worked in that way. And so I think that that is, that is the challenge piece for a lot of those that may be listening, that if you feel like you're resisting, if you feel like you're banging your head against a wall and you can't figure it out, maybe you're just not asking the right questions or maybe you're not willing to, to see it in a different way and to allow other possibilities and other options to come through. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at The Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right, I will see you again, same time, same place next week.